0: If you're looking to celebrate the holiday season in a meaningful way, consider revisiting the story of the first Christmas. In the newest edition of his book called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah looks in close detail at the people and events surrounding that special day. The book and brand new docudrama are yours when you support Turning Point this month with a gift of $60 or more. If you give $100 or more, you'll also receive the correlating CD album and study guide. Donate today at davidjeremiah.ca. Welcome to Turning Point. Are you the kind of person God wants you to be? Does your life reflect the nine qualities, the fruit of the Spirit outlined in His Word? Today, Dr. David Jeremiah begins a series to help you embrace and enhance those qualities and live the life God desires for you. Today's message and the title of our series is A Life Beyond Amazing. To introduce it, here's David. Thank you
1: so much for joining us for this edition of Turning Point. We are talking about... A study from the New Testament based upon the fruit of the Spirit and the title of the book from which we have taken this material in the commentary format is called A Life Beyond Amazing, Nine Decisions That Will Transform Your Life Today. We want you to know that this is a wonderful series to help you in your growth in Christ. And even though this series is about a life beyond amazing, our special resource for the month has to do with a very unique opportunity we are making to all of our listeners, and that is you can get the book, Why the Nativity?, that's been produced to go along with our new film, Why the Nativity?, And this book is 176 pages, 25 chapters that answer the questions you have about Christmas story. And it has some beautiful pictures in it from the docudrama set. And it's yours for a gift of any amount to Turning Point. When you ask for this resource, we'll send it to you right away. Simply say, please send me Why the Nativity. I know you'll love looking at the scenes, reading the story, and being ready to see the movie when it comes out here in just a few days. So thank you again for your support. Don't forget to ask for your copy of Why the Nativity when you send your gift today. Well, here is part one of A Life Beyond Amazing. I wrote a book that asked the question, is this the end? That book explored the many signs that continue to appear on the world stage that are reminding us that our redemption is drawing near but the answer to the question that the book posed was a simple no this is not the end but you can see it from here after that book was published and had some success great interest was discovered in the prophetic series i sat down a few weeks later with the publishers who helped us do this which is what you always do when you do what i do and they wanted to talk about the next book what are you going to write about next and we agreed that the teaching that seemed to be most necessary in this particular time is the answer to another question and that question is What kind of people do we need to be to live in this culture that is so messed up and hard to define and we don't know where it's going and it always ends up where we didn't think it would be? We agreed that the teaching that most was needed was teaching from the Word of God that helps us become the kind of people that it doesn't make any difference what's going on. We're just God's people and we do what we do. Amen. I remember pondering this question for over a week, and then the answer suddenly hit me. I said, if we had invited God to this publishing meeting, he would have reminded us that we already have been given the blueprint for his ideal person. He describes that person in the book of Galatians. It is a passage we often refer to as the fruit of the spirit passage. And we are told that when the Holy Spirit completely controls the life of a believer, this is what it will look like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God's description of a man for all seasons. So in response to the question, what kind of people should we be at such a time in history as this, Here is God's answer. He calls us to be people of love and joy and peace. He wants us to have endurance in our lives. He wants us to have compassion for those who need our help. We should be people of generosity, integrity, humility, self-discipline. This is God's ideal person, and believe it or not, we can become like that. We were meant to be like that. Could I just say it this way? Christ died so that we could be that kind of a person. These nine qualities compose a list which often people say isn't really a list, but nine descriptions of the same thing, but it is a list no matter how you look at it. Nine things that the Bible tells us will be true of us in some way, in a growing way, as we become God's people. So we're gonna discuss all these, one at a time. What it means to become the person God wants us to be a person of love and generosity. We're going to learn how the Holy Spirit interacts with us to develop these qualities in our lives. And we're going to embrace a life beyond amazing. If you read the New Testament, it becomes pretty clear if you read it carefully, that's the kind of life God wants us to have. The Lord Jesus Christ said in John 10, 10 I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly sounds like life beyond amazing but there's some roadblocks that we need to get out of the way if we're going to get to the place we want to be if the whole purpose of jesus coming to this earth was to bring us a life beyond amazing what's gotten us off course I mean, do you get the sense that the Christians you know are living a life beyond amazing? Would you describe your life like that? Would I describe mine like that? If there's a gap between the promise of what our Lord wants us to have and what we're experiencing, what is causing it? What is happening to us that this abundant life that Jesus died for so that we could have it seems to always be at the end of our fingers, but not quite in our grasp. And I'd like to suggest to you the three things that I've thought of in preparation for this that might help us understand this a little bit. First of all, I think for many of us, we misunderstand our salvation. Most Christians today view salvation strictly in the past tense. Salvation is something that has happened to us. It's history. Our salvation, according to many Christians, is a done thing. But the Bible doesn't view salvation like that, men and women. The Bible views salvation in three different tenses. The Bible views salvation like this. I have been saved. If I've trusted Jesus Christ as my savior, as many of you have, you've become a Christian then you can say of yourself, I have been saved. And you point to the day when you trusted Christ. But the Bible also teaches that once you're saved, you continue being saved. You're saved eternally, but it's true that once you have been saved, as you go forward in your life, you are being saved. And one day the Scripture says you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to be just like him, and then the Bible says you will be ultimately saved. So... Here's the way that works, you are saved from the very penalty of sin. During your lifetime as a Christian, you're gradually being saved from the power of sin over your life, and ultimately one day, praise God, we're all gonna be saved from the very presence of sin. There won't even be any sin, but please hear me. If you get stuck in the past tense, you won't be the kind of person who can have a life beyond amazing because salvation is more than just i have been saved it's i am being saved and i ultimately will be saved that's why paul said to the romans that now is our salvation nearer than when we believed what was he talking about not past salvation that was already done not present salvation they were our living that the salvation of the future when you stand before the lord and you are made like unto him so the problem that we have sometimes is when we get saved, we think that's it, that's done, it's over, it's finished. Thank God I'm saved. So what does that have to do with a life beyond amazing? Here's a little paradigm from writer N.T. Wright that gives us a very helpful illustration. He said, many Christians have so emphasized the opening act of faith, the initial statement of that faith, believing that Jesus died for me, that they have a big gap in their vision of what being a Christian is all about. It's as though they were standing on one side of a deep, wide river, looking across to the farthest bank. And on this bank, you declare your faith. On the opposite bank is the ultimate result, final salvation itself. But what in the world are you supposed to do between this bank and that bank? I am saved. I'm going to be with the Lord someday for sure, that's eternal life. But I might have 70 or 80 years on this earth. What do I do between this bank and this bank? What are we supposed to do? That's what this series is really all about. The life beyond amazing is not a passive wait till Jesus comes back kind of life the life beyond amazing is the kind of life that will get you up early in the morning and keep you up late at night if you really get your arms around it jesus christ didn't just die for us to live in eternity with his father he died so that we would have an abundant life on this earth as well and we seem to not be grabbing that in some way and i think one of the reasons is because we just think well salvation is it author craig barnes asks how long does it take to become a christian a moment and a lifetime. He said, when I was a child, my father brought home a 12-year-old boy named Roger whose parents had died from drug overdose. And he said, there was no one to care for Roger, so my folks decided that they would help and they would raise him as if he was one of their own sons. At first it was very difficult because Roger came from a totally different world and he was trying to adjust to his new home, an environment free of heroin no addicted adults in that home and every day several times a day he said i heard my parents saying to roger no 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 that's not how we behave in this family no 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 you don't have to scream or fight or hurt other people to get what you want no no roger we expect you to show respect in this family and in time roger began to change And Craig Barnes asked this provocative question. Did Roger have to make all those changes in order to become part of the family? Of course not. He was part of the family by the grace of my father, said this man. But did he then have to do a lot of hard work because he was in the family? You bet he did. It was tough for him to change, and he had to work at it, but he was motivated by gratitude for the incredible love he had received for my father. Do you have a lot of hard work to do now that the Spirit has adopted you into God's family? I mean, certainly, but not in order to become a son, not in order to become a daughter, because you already are that if you're a Christian. And every time you start to revert back to the old addictions of sin, the Holy Spirit will say to you, no, 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 that's not how we do that in this family. That's not how we act in this family. Sometimes we miss what God wants for us because we just misunderstand salvation. When you become a Christian, that's not the end, that's the beginning. That's the commencement of your life. Sometimes we miss what God wants for us in the Christian experience because we misapply the concept of works. And this is not hard, this is a little bit theology, but hang with me, it's real easy to grasp this. The New Testament is very clear about the fact that In our present tense salvation we are not saved as the result of our effort it's the result of the grace of God I have noticed however that in many of the key passages where the doctrine of salvation apart from good works is found the doctrine of salvation unto good works is also found here's the dilemma that people have I'm supposed to be saved but it's not by works But then I am saved, now what do I do? So let me help you with that. Two passages of Scripture that are very clear. First of all, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Notice, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now watch this, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or try this one. Paul wrote to Titus, his young protege, and he said, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Paul, in both of these passages, reminds us clearly, indelibly, unconditionally, there is no such thing as being saved by works. You can't do enough works to become a Christian you were saved by the grace of God apart from works. Everybody got that? All right, now don't stop here because after Ephesians 2, eight and nine comes Ephesians two ten. Have you read that? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not saved by good works, but you're saved for good works same thing with Titus chapter 3 here's verse 8 in the same chapter this is even more powerful this is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works these things are good and profitable to men here's the problem i am so thankful that i'm going to heaven by grace no works at all i got saved and works never show up again until you die that's the way some folks are i didn't get saved by works, so i don't have to do any works thank god for jesus so unfortunately in many of our churches we have a lot of passive believers who come every week to rejoice in the fact that they're going to heaven but haven't even thought about the fact that maybe something else should be happening in their life between the moment when they believed and when they finally hear the lord say well done Because if they keep doing what they're doing, they're not going to hear, well done. They're going to just say, come on in. (laughs) You got that, I guess. Uh. (laughs) So sometimes we don't get what we should get out of this life as Christians because we misunderstand salvation and we think it's already over, that everything has happened. Sometimes we don't get it right because we misunderstand how works are so wonderfully commanded of us as believers and Here's the third one and this is a little more mysterious, but if you've been around the church as long as I have you'll get this one in a hurry Sometimes it's mistaken idea of spirituality. How many of you have ever heard of the deeper life? I grew up in a time when the deeper life was a big deal I have a book in my library that I'm almost ashamed to tell you about you know what the title of it is? shallow living from the deeper life and i've seen a little of that here's the idea of the deeper life this is championed by a group called the Keswicks. santa whitehall smith was one of the great teachers of this truth it is the idea that you don't do anything god does everything the key to the christian life is to let go and let god i've observed a lot of people have let go but they haven't let god they just let go, period. The Christian secret of a happy life. Here's a little paragraph from one of her books. All that we claim then in this life of sanctification is that by a step of faith, we put ourselves into the hands of the Lord for him to work in us all the good pleasure of his will, and that by a continuous exercise of faith, we keep ourselves there. Our part is trusting. It is his accomplishment that is everything. Now, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like that should be right? But I've watched it over the years. I don't know how to say this in any other way than just to say it doesn't work. It works to some degree for people who really get it. Watchman Nee wrote a lot about this, a great Chinese student of the Word of God. It is so cerebral that it leaves people hanging with all of the opportunities that are before me. They don't know what to do. Should I do this or I should let God do it? Here's what I know, men and women, after all these years of studying this, and I want to be very clear about this. The New Testament calls upon Christians to take action. It does not tell us that the work of sanctification is going to be done for us. We are in the good fight of faith and we have to do the fighting. But thank God we're unable to do it for the moment we believe and are justified by faith, we're born again by the Spirit of God, we get the ability. The New Testament method of sanctification is to remind us of that. Now having been reminded of it, let's go do it. Here's one that you all will love. This is Bono, the lead singer of U2. You never hear me quote him before, have you? Here's what he said. He said, your nature's a hard thing to change. It takes time. I have heard of people who've had life-changing, miraculous turnarounds, people set free from addiction after a single prayer, relationships saved where both parties let go and let God. But it wasn't like that for me. For all that I was lost, I am found. It is probably more accurate to say I was really lost and I'm a little less so at the moment and then a little less and a little less again that to me is the spiritual life the slow reworking and rebooting of the computer at regular intervals reading the small print in the service manual it slowly rebuilt me in a better image it's taken years though and it's not over yet was he saying that salvation is a gradual thing not as far as accepting christ but he was saying that when i accepted christ it wasn't over I didn't get that spiritual situation where when I woke up the next day, all of my lust was gone and all of my greed was gone and all of my selfishness was gone. It was still there and it was over a period of time after receiving Jesus Christ that I wasn't as lost as I was before I was lost. You get that? Those are some of the things we need to kind of keep and we'll talk about this some more as we go along. Now, let me hurry quickly to the roadmap of a life beyond amazing. And I want you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to the second chapter of Philippians. I love the book of Philippians. Do you love Philippians? Yes, what a great book this is. It seems like it speaks to so many things. But I want to read to you these verses, and having explained to you what I've explained to you, you'll sort of get this now in the way that I hoped you would get it. Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, listen carefully, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And you're going to say, wait a minute, didn't you just tell me you don't have to work for your salvation? Yes, I did, because that's what the Bible says, and I'm not contradicting it. You're just not reading carefully it doesn't say work for your salvation it says work out your salvation some of you are so opposed to work out you won't even read that (laughs) work out your salvation what does it mean when the text says work out your own salvation it doesn't mean work for your salvation the phrase work out has the meaning of working something through to its full completion This particular expression was used to describe those who worked in the mines in Paul's day. They were mining out of the ground that which had been placed there by their creator. Working out our salvation has the meaning of working out what God has already worked in. Notice in that same text it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you. So we're to work out what God has worked in. God is giving us these things that we need. That doesn't mean we just sit and hold them. What is really responsible for your Christian walk, your Christian growth, is it just sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to zap you? How many have had been zapped? No. And we wonder, why isn't this working? Well, we're looking for the wrong thing. Each generation of believers carries on its own debate over this question. But here's what I want you to know. The Bible holds the tension between man's role and God's role in perfect balance. Hmm. And that's what we're trying to communicate during this whole series. The balance between what God has done for us and what He wants us to do with it. And so that balance is what we strive for. You'll see us talking about it, you know, listen to what we have to say about it throughout the month of November. Don't forget, friends, during this month, we're beginning to make available a brand new resource from Turning Point. This has totally been redone and rebuilt. It's the book called Why the Nativity. It's beautifully done and beautifully edited. And it not only has all of the questions, 25 questions about Christmas with answers, but it also has beautiful pictures from the docudrama Why the Nativity that has been under production for almost three years here at Turning Point and will be released in December. So if you want to have a copy of that book, here's what you do. Send your gift today to Turning Point. Just say, please send me the book on Christmas, and we'll do it. And it'll be our way of helping you get ready for the celebration of this holy day, which we set aside to remember our Lord's coming to be one of us and ultimately going to the cross. Thank you for listening today. Be sure and join us tomorrow for part two of A Life Beyond Amazing.
0: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, A Life Beyond Amazing, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Fill your Christmas with meaning and joy by asking for your copy of David's book and new docudrama DVD, why the nativity sure to become a christmas classic each is available for your gift of any amount you can also purchase the jeremiah study bible in the english standard new international and new king james versions available in your choice of cover options get the details when you visit our website davidjeremiahca slash radio this is david michael jeremiah join us tomorrow as we continue the series a life beyond amazing here on turning point with dr david jeremiah the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca/jsb.
1: One of my seminary professors was a brilliant Hebrew scholar with two doctoral degrees. One day he was working diligently at home translating a Bible passage when his young daughter and her friend walked by his door. His daughter's friend asked, What's your daddy doing? Oh, he's translating, the daughter replied. Why, said the friend. Well, said his daughter, it's all he knows how to do. Well, sometimes the things we are called to do may not look very impressive to others. But in God's sight, they are the most important task in the world, and we should do them, Paul wrote, with all our hearts as unto the Lord. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's calling on Route 66. Route 66, driving the
0: word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life.